Welcome to Sparking Wholeness, where we talk all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul. I'm your host, Erin Carey. I'm a survivor of bipolar disorder and a self-proclaimed nutrition nerd who loves asking why. As a certified integrative nutrition health coach, my goal is to help people find balance, and I want to help you find ways to spark wholeness in your life. For more information, check out sparkingwholeness.com or on the Instagram handle, Sparking Wholeness. And now, get ready for today's awesome show. Hey everybody, it's Erin Carey and welcome back to Sparking Wholeness. Today I am sitting down with Thomas Thompson. Thomas has led churches in Oklahoma, Texas, and Colorado for over 25 years. He now works with a coaching ministry, Lead Self, Lead Others, as well as a city-focused nonprofit, COS I Love You. Thomas and Jessica have four children, two in college and two in high school. They are committed to seeking the flourishing of Colorado Springs where they have been planted. And today we are going to talk all things about being intentional for 2021, looking back at 2020. And Thomas, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thanks for being on. Yeah, Aaron, I'm grateful to be here. Thanks for wrapping up your year with me. Yeah, this is going to be great because, you know, 2020, (laughs) I mean, I think maybe we're all sick of talking about, oh, 2020, it's horrible, but we've seen some really good things in 2020. And so I do want to take some time to reflect on what we've learned and how we can carry that forward. And you are the perfect person to talk about this with. So before we get get into all that, maybe you could share a little bit about yourself beyond your bio, beyond what I just read and talk about kind of what you're doing and what your passion is in, in your work right now. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, um, you mentioned I had led churches for about 25 years. When I hit 45, I started thinking intentionally about what does the second half of my life look like? And as I started to have conversations with different people about that, I realized a lot of people aren't very intentional about stewarding some of the things they have. They just kind of keep going through life. And I didn't want that to happen for me. So I started a project with my leadership coach called Hitting 50 Hard. And I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to arrive at 50 in the best uh, mental health, physical health, spiritual health, but also career health and thinking intentionally about what I wanted to do. And so that was about a five-year process that led me to realize that what I really wanted to do was to help sit down at tables with people and help them have the conversations that they're not having so that they can really move their story forward. And so that led into a coaching and consulting ministry. Um, The title of it is Lead Self, Lead Others, and that's based around the thought that if you are not leading yourself well and stewarding well your life, it's going to be near impossible for you to lead and serve others. So we do a lot of focus on self-leadership, stewardship, uh, and being intentional. I love that. And I love how you mentioned just kind of that holistic perspective of physical, mental, and spiritual health. And I've seen that play out. Both you and your wife have been champions for all of the above for as many years as, as I've known you. And I admire that. And I've seen you, I've seen that in your real life. So this isn't just something that, that you're doing because like you think it would be a great it's not like a midlife crisis, right? It's like (laughs) you're actually doing something that you feel passionate about personally in your own life and you want to see play out in other people's lives. And I think that that's really important. So let's talk a little bit about 2020. What did, what did it teach us and where, how are people processing 2020? How are you seeing that? 
Yeah, I think it's a, that's a great question. What did it teach us? I've been thinking a lot about the word exposed. And this is not a COVID joke or anything like that. It's just that I think 2020 exposed some things. Um, it exposed what happens to us when we lose our routines. You know, all of a sudden, a lot of routines are gone. What happens to us when we lose our distractions? So there are things in my, for example, I can't go grab a beer with my buddy at, at, at the local pub. Um, I can't go watch my kids play soccer, or I don't have the opportunity to go to the movie theater and escape or, or a baseball game. And, and so all these things are kind of like exposed what happens to us when we don't have distractions anymore. And when we're left a lot more alone with some of our thoughts, um, what happens when we're exposed to losing the breaks in our life? Uh, by breaks, I mean, even the break of getting up and driving to work and then coming back home and being in a different environment. And if you're stuck at home all day, like our family, we at one point had all six of us on screens oh trying to work uh, different nooks and crannies of the house and bumping into each other. And so I, I think we've been exposed to a lot of, uh, I think this 2020 has exposed us to a lot of things. And then it's also it not only taken away some things, but it's exposed us to all kinds of new political noise and uncertainty and I don't know what to believe. And so uh, there's a lot that's, that's kind of becoming disruptive here with that. Yeah, the theme I think just for myself personally that's popped up a lot is, is this idea of cognitive dissonance. It has been a constant contradiction for me and my own views and beliefs and just being kind of hit on all sides with differing opinions and differing viewpoints. And it's been such a challenge for me to go, okay, how do I assimilate these viewpoints into what I believe and do I believe those or am I just so like stubborn and only one way of thinking can I embrace a new way of living a new way of interacting with people that's been really hard because I don't love talking to people on screens I mean I'm doing it right now I do it for the podcast but I don't love it when I'm hanging out with friends that's not cool you know I don't love it as a in, in a large group setting like with you know our small group at church or whatever that's not fun for me and so it's been really hard for me to adjust and I think all of us have been exposed to that which makes us uncomfortable whether it's <laughs> this new way of living or like you said, viewpoints and the, and the whole political division oh my gosh it's just driven me crazy and so looking forward to 2021 you know look realizing that we're still carrying 2020 with us how what is how does that teach us moving forward what how can we take this exposure and go forward with it yeah and i, I was having a conversation the other night with somebody about um just how much we're exposed to now and and this might be kind of a radical thought but he was saying i don't think that we as humans were created to be as connected as we are Hmm. And that's a real weird thought because if, you know, for the last, you know, up to last year, I've just been thinking that increased connection has been great, but with all the, the ways that we're now connecting with each other and you're hearing news that's different than mine and, and we're, we're hearing stuff, we're bombarded all the time with stuff that's distracting our focus or we're grabbing news from one person who just threw something out there in the world like this, we are we are a little overconnected, and I think moving into something like 2021, I don't think the answer is that you just shut everything off and go live in a cave. I want to. <laughs> I, I've been pricing caves on the internet. Yeah, right. uh, they're going pretty expensively. <laughs> I, I think, though, that moving into 2021, 
it is going to be more important than ever that we lead ourselves to steward our focus, to be intentional. If we're not intentional with our minds, we're going to end up giving our focus to whatever demands its attention. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Totally makes sense. Yeah. So let's get into that a little bit more. What do you mean by stewarding our focus? What are, what are some practical ways we can do that? Um, well, I think, let me, let me quote something. There's a guy named Zig Ziglar, an old motivational speaker, but it's still a great quote. He said, I don't care how much power, brilliance, or energy you have. If, if you don't harness it and focus it on a specific target and hold it there, you're never going to accomplish as much as your ability warrants. That's really good. I love that idea of harnessing our focus. Cause I think, like I said, if, if we're not intentional with our minds, we'll give our focus away to whatever demands its attention. I've struggled with that more this year than ever. And I've seen it with my family too. Um, Aaron, I've, I've fallen into the trap this year of waking up at three in the morning, feeling anxious, and then doing the one thing you should never do, grab your phone and then start reading through the news. And all of a sudden my focus is being driven by other people, by newscasts and whatever Google's saying, it's not me being intentional with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I am, I've been in that exact same place and my husband too. Like we talk about that, how, and cause everything's always louder at three in the morning, right? Like life doesn't seem to make as much sense at three in the morning. And so we've got these weird, like subconscious anxieties, and then you pick up the phone and then it's just the whole world is on fire. It feels like, and so, yeah. And so I, I, it is, going back to hold on pause I'm going to pause and go back to that overconnectedness that you were talking about because how does that play into getting us off focus because I think that that's a really good point I've thought that oh our connection is great and oh we've been uh, able to keep up with old relationships and all these people and know what's going on in the world but it, how does that throw us off stewarding our focus I think that we have more access right now to information than we've ever had before. But what we need more than ever is uh, how to prioritize this information and how to filter it and how to decide what will I let in and what will I not let in. Yeah. Um, I, I had posted something on social media that I thought was pretty innocent. It was a quote. And all of a sudden it started this chain reaction of this one person that wanted to, to just debate it and argue it. And then I was tempted to get back on and argue it. And then I thought, is this what I want to spend my time doing? So let me, let me take my focus back and let me just disengage from this conversation. And actually I ended up just blocking this person and said, I, I don't, this is not one of the five people I, I want speaking into my life, but, but we're so connected that just this person through Facebook that I probably haven't talked to in a year was able to kind of, in a sense, step into my mind and then occupy my day. And I'm thinking about it and wrestling with it. And that's, that's letting other people direct your focus. So I've got to take my focus back. I got to harness it. And I got to ask the question, who matters most and what matters most in my life, professionally, personally, and then how am I intentionally focusing on these things? And what is my focus for those things? Yeah, that's good. I recently, I have been really, I guess the word would be convicted. I've been taking a lot of long walks in December, just long, I would call them maybe meditative walks where I'm just thinking through 
things and my plans and my dreams, my goals. I'm a very, you know, I'm, I'm an Enneagram three. So I eat goals for breakfast, right? Isn't that what we say? And so <laughs> this has been good for me to just slow it down and just let my mind wander. And one of the things that keeps popping up for me as a theme is the time that I spend scrolling and paying attention to things, like you said, that don't really matter or commenting on people's posts. And I do, I love engaging with people. So I'm, I'm a very people oriented person, but like you said, the time and energy I put towards that, is that really what matters in my life? And I think that that's something we all need to think about because I think the, the noise on social media has made us all a little bit more anxious and a, a little bit more on high alert than maybe we've ever been before. And it's not good for our stress hormones. It's not good for our personal interactions. It's not good for anything. And so I think that that's really good that you said that. And maybe, you know, you've mentioned when we've talked before about um, you have a really great example or analogy about a platter of concern and a plate. And maybe, can you explain that a little bit? I'm not explaining. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about there? Yeah. About planning for yeah. the future and not being anxious and not letting all these things overwhelm you. Maybe you could talk about that. I, I would imagine that most people in 2020 have felt very overwhelmed. In fact, I was talking with a, 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 a guy who runs a counseling center here in town. And he said, it's kind of like there's a low hum of anxiety that's just everywhere right now. And so there's a, a great sense of being overwhelmed. You turn on the news and you see this riot or this protest, or you see this thing about the, the masks and all this stuff. And there's so much stuff going on. And um, Stephen Covey actually kind of came up with this illustration years ago, but I, I, I tweaked it a little bit because I like food. <laughs> so uh, imagine that you have this platter in front of you, this big giant platter. And on this platter is everything that is concerning you, uh, the election, the economy, um, the pandemic, uh, your job, your family, um, your health, it's just ev everything that's in that you are concerned about is on this platter. Then we set on this platter a smaller plate. This is the plate of control. This is something that you actually have agency over, your actions, your attitudes, your responses, your focus. So for example, I don't have any I, I have concern over the election, for example, but I don't have any control over that. So I have to focus on what I can do. And the, the interesting thing about this is the more that you focus on the platter of things that you're concerned about, the smaller and smaller that plate begins to feel because you feel helpless. What can I do? Nothing I do makes a difference. I can't change anything. However, if you flip it, the more that you say, I'm going to direct my focus towards the things that I can control, what I eat, my habits, my choices, what I watch, all my responses, who I'm going to let in, the larger that plate becomes in your life because you feel like you have more agency and, you, and you, you, you're not just reacting anymore. You're starting to be proactive. And I really think that's the, the shift that needs to happen for a lot of people in, in 2021 is we just got to stop reacting. And we start asking what has been put on my plate and I want to be proactive about it. Yeah. Yeah. We are very, I'm guilty of being very reactionary, at least in my mind, not so much out loud. And so I think that's, that's really true. And that's a good, just kind of a, a brain hack, right. And like kind of tr training our brain to think about things differently. And, and what are some ways that we can do that, that 
because this, this could sound really hard for some people, you know, mm-hmm. because, because we are so overwhelmed. So how can we break that down and simplify it and make it practical for our lives? Well, and, and I think that's, I think that's a great question. And when I work with clients, I use this exercise. I, I'll actually sometimes have them take out a big white piece of paper and draw a giant platter on it. And then maybe get a bunch of stickies and fill that up and then draw a smaller plate and then really go through the exercise of saying, what has really been put on my plate? And it is tough for some people because they're like, but I care so much about this. Mm -hmm. I know you do. Is that on your plate? You know, has has God put that on your plate or your boss put that on your plate or your family put that on your plate? If the answer is no, then you got to be ruthless and move it over and keep focusing on that plate, making it bigger, bigger, bigger. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I'm already in my head. I'm picturing my plate right now. And there are a whole lot of things that I want to add on there (laughs) that are probably not what I need to put on there. So I really like that. What are, you know, and this is a great tool for that concept of stewarding our focus and being more intentional. Um, Let's talk a little bit. I know you care a lot about daily rhythms. So let's talk a little bit about that. And what are some daily rhythms that we can Maybe, maybe there's something that we need to tweak or maybe something we need to add in this year. What's something that we can do in a way that's not overwhelming, that's not complicated, but you think is really important for maintaining our focus, stewarding our focus during this time? Yeah, that's, um, I think that's the th- one of the things that's been really interesting this year. I, I shifted from a staff position to a self-management position. So uh, meaning I, I was on a team and then I moved to working for myself. Uh, In a similar way, I've got two teenage boys who shifted from getting up and going to school every day to rolling out of bed and turning on a screen. Mm -hmm. And and so all these rhythms are gone. And it's really interesting. My my son and I agreed that if we had uh, four hours to do eight hours worth of work, we could get it done, no problem. But if we had eight hours to do four hours worth of work, we'd struggle. And it's we struggle because we, we need some routines and stuff. So let me throw out two thoughts. Uh, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you this, but for the first time this year, I'm 50 years old. For the first time this year, my wife and I started making our bed in the morning. Wow. I'm embarrassed by that, but it's such a small little thing. But when you're, when you walk into your bedroom and your bed is made and, and she sometimes has to office out of the bedroom and, or I do because it moves around, but just that little rhythm reminded us there is structure to this day. Okay, and a friend of mine calls it battle rhythm. What's your battle rhythm of your week? How can you give your week some shape? No, I was just going to say that is so interesting because I actually, I don't make my bed in the morning. Sorry. I am announcing this, putting it out there. I don't. And my husband doesn't because we do both sometimes work from our rooms and we just like plop back down there on the bed and start working. <laughs> like it's just, it's, but I recently read something about how it triggers a dopamine response in your brain when you do that, because it makes you feel like you've accomplished something and it makes you feel like, Oh, I've done something good for myself. This is something that anyway, sorry, but yes, you mentioned battle battle rhythms. Is that what you said? Yeah. It's a friend of mine in the military calls it. There's a battle rhythm. Your week, your week needs a battle rhythm to it. And, um, uh, it needs shape and structure. Your day needs shape and structure. And so, uh, you know, we all had, I, so I took a few days off this week uh, for holidays and it was fun to lay around and do nothing all day, but that's not how life works, you know, that, and that's, that doesn't fire you up. So what are, what are some of the ways that you can give a, a week structure or shape? And we did a survey with our company with about 2000 people on what are some of the most important areas of your life that require intentionality? 
And they came up with five um, habits, health, relationships, time, and money. So I like, I like to think about those five, like what are the habits you have in your life and the routines? Uh, what, what, what do you, what's a routine that's connected to the one and only body that you have? What's, what are routines that are connected to the relationships in your orbit? Um, like for me, I, I have to be intentional about going downstairs and checking in with my 20 year old son. I have to do that every day that's, that, because it just won't happen. What are the possessions or finances that you have ownership or stewardship over? And then, then the time that we have. So I like to think about building routines around those five areas, habits, health, relationships, time, and money. And this just brings up a whole kind of new conversation because this year has a lot of people still working from home. I know so many people who are still working from home. I know people who are working half home, half away, same for kids. Kids are doing like half online, half away. (laughs) And it's, it is hard to get into a routine and now we're making new routines or we're creating, I mean, it's, it's really hard to do that. And I think that as I'm thinking this through right now and I'm thinking out loud, like, I'm like, man, what is my routine? Because it has been so thrown off since last March. And did I really gain it back, you know, or is it changing? And what about holidays throwing us off for a little bit? How do we get back into a routine after being thrown off? What, what do you suggest there? You know, I I know that uh, January 1st, 2021 doesn't change everything and make it all better. Uh, but, but there is something about new beginnings. There's something about new mornings. There's a, a, a verse in the Bible that says God's mercies are new every morning. I mean, there's this thought that you have a new, a new chance to make some shifts. And I, I, I think in January is a great opportunity for us to, 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 to think about this. Um, I, I read this poet this year who said, what if the pandemic is a portal? And this idea that we're not just wading through this thing, but we're walking through a threshold and that there could be choices we make in our health, in our habits, in our relationships, in how we use our time, in our finances. We, we, we have agency again, because what's on our plate, we have agency to say 2021 can be different. And I'm not, I'm not talking just about, I'm not a big New Year's resolution guy, because I know how those work, but just about being intentional and saying, what have I learned this year that's going to be different? This year could have really been a gift. It's a threshold from the life and some of the things that we were used to and things have now gotten shook up. And uh, we're realizing now that we can work in different ways. We're realizing, and I work with a lot of clients who this year have realized, I don't like what I do. I want to do something different with my life. And, And we get to make these choices. We don't have to just keep putting one foot in front of the other. But I think that what we do need is we just need help. So like I, I could get up on, on January 1st and say, I'm going to eat better this year. Or I could engage someone like you with your feast to fast program and say, no, I'm going to have somebody coach me a little bit. I have somebody teach me how to do this. Um, I'm, I run a thing in January that's called 30 days to focus. And it just equips leaders with how do I train my mind to focus on who and what matters most so I can finish well. So I think, I think we need to, to look a little bit uh, into what's going to be different on the other side of this portal. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. I like viewing the pandemic as a portal. That's really good because I definitely have seen that in my own life um, as I'm shifting the way I view things. And that's so good. Tell me a little bit more about the 30 days to focus and how you're, how you're teaching people to train their minds. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. What I do with people is 
we do a kind of a cohort where we get a group of people together and we do a training on what does it mean to have focus? What does it mean to steward focus? Why is this important in our lives? And then there's a tool that we create together in that experience that they individually will take. And it's, it's a tool that helps them keep focused on what, who is critical in my life and what are the activities that are critical in my life for me to maintain focus. And then you really push past that to say, it's not just who, who they are, but what's going to come into my mind when I think, if, for example, Aaron, if you're one of those people for me and I decide for the next three months, Aaron is a person of focus for me. What does that mean? What, what's my intention towards you? When you come into my screen or across my path, what is the first thing that I've trained my mind to think about you? Maybe as a friend or a family member or someone I'm leading. And so what the 30 days is about is just learning how to refine that tool and practice it so that you are constantly reminding yourself who are those people and when, what are those things? And then it's a tool that evolves over time because seasons change and you don't just have focus towards your kid one way. It, it changes depending on a season, for example. So yeah. it's kind of a fun thing. That's cool. I love that. And I, I like you've mentioned before the phrase minding your mind. I've heard you mention that before. And yeah. I, I really like that. I think that that's a cool way of, we don't, we don't do that, you know, and our, what goes on in our brain affects every single thing that we do. It affects every internal process. It affects our digestion, our reproductive health. Like it affects everything. And so if we could start from the top down, we would be a lot healthier people, but we don't do that. And so maybe, yeah, tell us a little bit about that minding your mind and how that works along with stewarding your focus. Yeah, I think I've said this earlier, but again, I just really believe if we're not intentional with our minds, we'll end up giving our focus away to whatever demands our attention. So a question I like to ask people is this, who directs your focus? That answer could be I do, it could be God and I together do, or it could be I just let, I just let whatever the news of the day begin to direct that. You know, it's kind of the old thermometer versus thermostat illustration, you know, that if the thermometer just measures what's happening and reacts to whatever's going around, but the thermostat says, no, I'm going to set the temperature of my mind. And I think that's what minding your mind is, is beginning to realize I have to change the way I think if I want to change the way that I live. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. So how could this be helpful, you know, and everything that you're doing, how could this be helpful for somebody who's experiencing burnout? Because I know that there are a lot of people previous to the pandemic that were experiencing burnout and maybe this has exposed <laughs> burnout to the next level. So how, what's, a, what's a helpful tool for them? Yeah. I, I think that question about burnout is really interesting because um, I, I believe there's tons and tons and tons of us that were burned out in January before any of this stuff happened. And like I said earlier, the distractions we were using to, to kind of uh, keep away from thinking about that were all taken away. And so, you know, we can, we, we can cope in healthy ways and we can cope in unhealthy ways. We can cope by numbing ourselves. We can cope by uh, escaping. We can cope by all these things, but it never gets to the root of that issue of burnout. And so I, I'm, I'm a big believer in, um, if you're going to steward your health, which is your one and only body that you have, but that includes your mental health and your emotional health and stewarding. It does not mean that you just go out on your own and try to get better. It means that you go get help, that you go find someone who knows what they're doing. Right. So I, I would just encourage people that are dealing with burnout. I, I would say this, this is real. I've experienced it. I've gone through it. And the, the one thing that you can't do is climb out of it yourself. 
So who are you going to with this stuff? Yeah. And I, and I love that you mentioned partnering with somebody else to help walk you through that. You are a person who, I mean, clearly you're passionate about all of this and, and helping others, but you know, the things, <laughs> the way to help people see what maybe they're not seeing for themselves, you know, and, th- and that's kind of the key that we need sometimes, because I can tell myself all day long, oh, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to plan this, or I'm going to establish this rhythm. But there might be something in my life going on that I can't see for myself that somebody like you could see. And I think that that's really important. And just again, that whole back to the beginning of exposing, right? Like the things that we're being exposed to right now, our weaknesses, or maybe even our strengths, sometimes we need somebody else to show us what that is. Yeah. Um, I, so years ago, I was working with a leadership coach personally. And at some point in this conversation, he was, he's always asking me these good questions, right? And so he, we got to this conversation and I said, you know, Nathan, you're, you're asking me the questions that I could just be asking myself. And he goes, you're right. Are you? And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and I, I, it just hit me that day. We all need somebody across the table from us that are asking us the questions that we're not always asking ourselves. And that's in the area of our health or our finances or how we're leading ourselves or emotionally. And so uh, Jessica and I have been learning to ask more and more questions of each other and of our kids and just doing less telling. We, we all need someone across the table asking us the questions that we're not asking ourselves. And sometimes we're too hard on ourselves or we're picking at things that are really not that important and we're not asking the questions that we need to ask or we're not seeing the good things. We're not, our focus is in a different place than where it needs to be going back to, I mean, that's just a recurring theme um, of our focus, <laughs> but it's true. Like we, we have tunnel vision in one area and we're missing something in a totally different area. And so I think that that's, that's really good. I, I love that example. And I love that you mentioned that you've gotten coaching yourself as well. So, so I guess maybe something that listeners might want to know is, is what are, how are you going to be stewarding your focus in 2021? And what are some things that you're implementing for yourself in this new season of life? Uh, One thing my wife and I are going to do is uh, we are going to jump back on uh, with a a program of, of healthy eating and living. Um, we've been pretty good over the last few days, but you, you know, when you get to that point in the holidays where you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm just tired of living like this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know that <laughs> you, you start craving healthy eating. And that was a, that was a big shift for me years ago when we really tackled that was how much I would crave healthy living and eating. So, uh, that's a big focus for us. And then, um, I, I think for me, one of the things I'm trying to do in 2021 is I'm, I'm still is answer this question. Am I chasing field mice or antelope? And that's a, a question that a, a Newt Gingrich came up with years ago. And kind of the thought behind it is that a lion can chase field mice all day long and capture them and eat them. But the amount of effort required to do those things exceeds the calories that he gets from the field mice. <laughs> but if a lion could go after the, the antelope, which may be a little faster and a little more difficult to catch, but when he catches it, he will feast and, and the whole pride will eat. And so I, I want to make sure that in 2021, as I look at every day, I'm asking the question, was I busy today or was I really productive? 
Was I just chasing field mice and then I was exhausted? So each day and each season, what's the most important antelope that I need to be chasing today or this week? The, the thing that if I get this done, it will most move what I'm doing forward. And that's just really important for me because I've shifted from a role where I was really clear what the antelopes were to a new role where I'm just kind of figuring that out a little bit. So I want to catch antelope in 2021. Catching antelope in 2021. That's good. Maybe that'll be my, my word for the year, phrase for the year, catching antelope. That's, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you guys do that? Do you do a word for the year every year? Yeah, we do. Have you, have you picked yours yet this year? Uh, well, the, the word for 2020 for me was, uh, the phrase was, God surprised me. Oh my. So, I'm a, so, so I apologize to everyone. Yeah, it's your fault. <laughs> it's my fault. But yeah, I'm, I'm playing, I'm playing with that a little bit. The antelope thing might be my, my word for the year. Hmm, I like that. Yeah. I'm still, what's funny and ironically, my word for the year last year was rest. And so when everything shut down, I was like, oh, oh, huh. Guess I guess I have to figure out what this means. So and it was, you know, it was good. And I, I think sometimes with words for the year, about halfway through, I forget. And I'm already like back to, you know, not focusing on a word. And so this year, I don't know, I'm still processing it. By the time this episode airs, I'll probably have it figured out. But at this point, I'm leaning toward the word heal. And I, I think yeah. that there's some healing I need to do just mentally and probably physically as well. And just some things that I, I want to focus on um, to, I, so that I can, as you said at the beginning, serve others better and leave, lead others better because we can't serve well if we're not, in my opinion, fit to serve, you know, if we're not taking care of our own junk. And so that's something that I want to continue to do. And so, you know, I, I think that it might change, but right now that's where I'm going. Quick thought on that. Um, sure. So I've been doing this for about a decade. And what I started doing was I would go out to uh, the parking lot and I'd find a really nice rock that was clean enough and had a flat space on it. And I'd take a Sharpie and I'd write that word and the year on it. And then I would line those up. And then, so I had like these, this decade of words that I could look over in this, in my office and just see kind of the progression of what life has been like. And so that's something that kind of helps me keep that word and phrase in mind. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I would love to see because it has been really neat to think about the words I've had over the years. This will be like my fifth year doing it. Um, and just to see how it progresses. And I think, ooh, that's a great. So that's homework for everybody listening. Pick your word out, yeah. write it on a rock. <laughs> I like that. Um, but I, I, I'm just so grateful for everything that you've shared in this time. And gosh, there's just been so much, so many good things that I'm even processing for myself and processing for how I'm going to share moving forward and how I'm going to steward my own focus. And so getting back to, if you could, cause I'm thinking about all of these rhythms that you've talked about and these areas of focus, the habits, health, relationships, time, and money. Do you think, is there a way to simplify it? So it's not overwhelming. Like, is there a way to balance that out? Like maybe I'm just going to focus on one of these areas right now, or is there a way to break it down for anybody who's listening and going, well, I want to do all of those things, but that's a lot to do right now. Yeah. I, I think I would, uh, two thoughts. One, one, I would pick one of those areas um, and say, let, like, for example, the relationships in my orbit, and maybe you go back to that platter and that plate and you say, okay, there's all these relationships and things I can't control and things, but, but who are the relationships that are most important to me? Who are, who are, has God put on my plate? 
Who are the people that are in my, you know, in my family, in my orbit? What will be different this year in my relationships with them? Um, and if the pandemic is a portal, what changes in, in, in 2021 in those people? So maybe just pick an area and then do that platter and plate exercise and really say, what, if, what have I really been tasked with? Um, I think that's a great exercise to do as a parent, honestly, because there is so much I'm concerned about with my kids, right? As all of us are. But then you begin to really pull in and say, but what am I really responsible to do as a parent? And what will my focus be over the next 30 days of what I want to do with my, this kid or this kid or this kid? Yeah, I like that. And that would even be a really good journal activity. Like I'm just thinking if I was going to sit down, I mean, I would just, it would be a good, even like a brain dump, you know, like um, in my health, what are some things I want to focus on in my relationship? And then through that highlight, maybe what are the most important ones? I think that that would be really helpful, but the, definitely the platter and the plate, I think is an exercise that we could all, <laughs> that we could all benefit from and work with. And I think you've just given us so many tools that we can start looking at right now to start processing. How can I use this right now, starting today, starting, you know, whatever day in January this is. Um, I think that that's really helpful. And is there, is there anything else? I'll, I guess I'll ask you the question that I love asking everybody. And that is if you could give one piece of advice to spark someone toward wholeness, what would it be? I, I think in the context of this conversation, I would, say, I would say two things. One, what's, on, what's really on your plate? What's really on your plate? Because there's a lot that we're trying to deal with that's not, that, and that, that is the opposite of wholeness. It's disintegration. We're being pulled into things that we don't need to be. So what's on your plate? And then maybe a question just as we're kind of making that turn into 2021 is, my wife and I have been asking this question at every dinner we have with people, and that's this. What's been the silver lining this year? Because it's easy just to sit around and gripe about what's happened. But as we start thinking about how next year is going to be different, I want to pull out what the silver lining was. And there's, there's some things that we learned this year about our family and about who we are that is going to make next year different for us, better. And if we hadn't had this year, we wouldn't have learned that stuff. Yeah. So what's on your plate? And then what's been the silver lining this year that you're going to take with you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I'm really tired of seeing all of those memes and you know, little jokes that people put up about uh, 2020 being so horrible. Goodbye, 2020. Because I'm like, man, you know, that's focusing on the negative. And gratitude is so powerful. And looking at what we have gained and what we have learned and and what we've been given this year, like that's that's the focus that I want to take. And so, um, silver lining. I I really like that. And I'm trying to do that myself because yeah, there's just been a, there's a lot of like, oh, bye 2020. See you later 20. You know, like all I don't know. I can't think of a particular meme, but yeah, that that negativity towards the year kind of diminishes anything good that has come from it. And there's a lot of good. And see, that's, that's such a fantastic uh, way to think about it because that's a great example of who is directing your focus. You know, you just said there's so many good things that happened this year. So many things we learned. Yeah. But there's many, many people I believe that are just going to uh, walk away, not having learned those things and not really because they weren't intentional about what did I learn this year? What will be different next year? It's just, well, I'm glad we got through it. And so again, it's a, it's a reactiveness rather than being proactive. Mm -hmm. And going back to asking ourselves the questions we need to ask ourselves <laughs> too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, well, thank you so much. Tell everybody about your website and where they can contact you and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, you can, uh, you can reach me at, um, the website is leadselfleadothers.com. Um, and you can do a slash Thomas Thompson. 
and I'll be right there. That's a great way to reach me. Um, you can also, I'm on Facebook. I'm, I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm happy to give my email out if that's helpful to you. It's tthompson at leadselfleadothers.com. And I'm always happy to have any kind of conversation with someone that just, you know, see if, if there's any way I can serve. Yeah, this is, this is so good. And uh, thank you so much for sharing everything that you've shared. It's been just so much fun to interview you and talk about these things. So thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thanks, Erin. Thanks for leading us. Thanks for tuning in to Sparking Wholeness. For more on all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul, check out my website, sparkingwholeness.com. Don't forget to be kind and subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts. And to be really kind, you can leave a nice review. I like those.